I would remind you of two texts this evening as I begin to preach. One is on the screen now. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. And we've already heard the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's the classic question, right? Is the glass half empty or half full? This is a question that we ask. It's a question of perspective, saying that life is full of certain things that are good that we like and certain other things that are sort of the empty half. And so as Christians, we often try to challenge the perspective to have an attitude of gratitude. Unfortunately, the way we often talk about gratitude, it seems like we pay a lot of attention to the half full part of the glass, but we tend to ignore the half-empty part. And so very often people suffer in silence in our churches and in our world, scared not only that if they voice their pains and their emptiness, they would have to acknowledge it themselves, but worried that they might get a Christian answer to such problems. Maybe you've been in difficult times and heard these phrases, like everything happens for a reason. Which may be true, but it's not what you want to hear when you're in pain. Or God is in control and God will make a way. Or turn that frown upside down. Or when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. But the truth is that we can sometimes be overwhelmed by the emphasis, by the emptiness in our lives. You can get pretty tired of lemonade. And life can hand you some pretty nasty lemons to make that lemonade with. Often our glass doesn't feel half empty or half full. It feels all all empty. And in those difficult times, what are we to respond? This is Thanksgiving. We're nearing Christmas. It's going to be December soon. Do you know December is the highest month of suicide in our country? Because while so many people celebrate, so many other people are so keenly aware of the emptiness in their lives. This week, many will set up for Thanksgiving, and there will be an extra seat at the table that was full last year and is empty on this year. This week, a mother will count out the plates for turkey and stuffing and will find that there's one child's plate that's not necessary this year. On the day after we are thankful for, so giving, for having so much, many will go out on Black Friday, risking their very lives to drive to the mall. Those crippled in debt will once again go shopping to buy gifts that they cannot afford. They will try to find happiness and contentment that always seems to elude them. And I have news for you all. This Black Friday is not going to make you any more happy. In many parts of the world, Christians will say their prayers of thanksgiving in secret so they will not be arrested. In the Philippines, many find themselves standing in a standing knockout as they try to process what has happened in their lives, and their lives will never be the same. In light of all this pain, how can the Bible say to give thanks in all circumstances? Can we still believe in God's steadfast love in pain and suffering? Isn't it foolishness 
to think that this kind of optimism makes sense in our world today. This sounds like the foolish optimism of a child, not for us adults. Although didn't Jesus one time say that we should be more like children? In response to these questions, I want you first of all to know that when the Bible makes all these claims, and you've been hearing in this whole service, about how we're supposed to give thanks in all circumstances, it does not come from a place of oversimplified optimism. These texts are written out of pain and sorrow and into the middle of them. Take this passage from Chronicles. If you ever read the Bible cover to cover, you'll get through First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings. And when you start reading First and Second Chronicles, you'll be kind of like deja vu, because Chronicles is written a little bit later than those other books, and it's sort of a, a retelling of those stories at the end or right after the exile. What foolishness to write these words of giving thanks to the Lord that the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, when you. And the generations before you had witnessed the temple and the nation destroyed, the people forced from their homes to live in other places, having no choice but to marry outside of their own people, many killed and abused, and many left their faith. What nonsense to remind people of, and to thank God who have been through so much. And what about Paul? Thankful in all circumstances? Do you know the kind of things that Paul went through in his life? This is from 2 Corinthians 11. He gives us a list. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many sleepless night and hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of, the, of my anxiety for all the churches. That last line is especially for us pastors who understand the anxiety of, of churches. How can Paul go through that and still write to the Thessalonians to be thankful in all circumstances? I can just imagine Paul being stoned and thanking every individual for the stone that he is receiving. Paul might have been the first person to ever been beaten with rods and said, thank you, sir, may I have another? <laughs> Utter foolishness. This is overly simplistic, isn't it? To be thankful in all circumstances. On this holiday of, thank, of Thanksgiving, I, I don't want to burst your bubble, but there's, there's not a huge amount of evidence for the original Thanksgiving dinner but we do know a lot about the Puritans. And we know that they were a pretty abused people, forced to leave England, forced to many of them die on the trip over here, um, trying to eke out a living in this new world. They were a people that wanted to get rid of Christian holidays and just have holidays of Thanksgiving every so often. How do you stay thankful when you are an abused people? That's very difficult, impossible, unrealistic. But over and over again in the scripture, that is the call. To be thankful in all circumstances. Over and over in the Bible, we are called to give thanks. To have a heart of gratitude and to praise God. But maybe the foolishness is the point. 
Maybe the radical nature of this kind of all-encompassing gratitude is precisely what we are meant to consider as Christians. Maybe thanksgiving is part of God's strategy for helping us to deal with these difficult times. Not just to have a a, a simplistic gratitude, but a defiant gratitude. A gratitude that that points at the world and the difficulties of this world and says... I will stay thankful and you will not steal my hope from me. That kind of defiant gratitude, that difficulty can bring light and difficulty can bring hope. Isn't that the whole Christian story? Isn't that the cross that Jesus emptied himself? So we don't need to pretend that pain and emptiness is not in our lives. We can look at the glass and acknowledge that there's some things in our life to be really thankful for, and there's other things that we may not want, but maybe God has some kind of purpose in those things anyway. Because Jesus was strong, we are free to be weak. Because Jesus emptied himself, we can be made full even in our emptiness. A resurrected Jesus means that we can be resurrected from whatever life throws at us. And gratitude, I believe, is the discipline of perspective. It doesn't pretend that things are all good and all easy, but that we choose to hope and trust in the midst of our pain. Paul doesn't deny being stoned. He has the scars. He bears the limp of someone who has had a lot happen to him in his life. But he's able to be truly thankful in all circumstances to cling to his faith and to trust God is working his purposes out in all we go through. It's a choice. As Paul says in Philippians 4, I have learned the secret to be content in every situation. you got to learn how to do this. It doesn't come naturally for us. For us, we need to be reminded constantly that we can be secure in who we are in Christ and that we can say thank you. And if we can do that, then we can gain a sort of an alligator skin where no matter what life throws at us, it will just sort of roll off. Sometimes you live more and you love more in the empty moments of life. Sometimes in the storm, you cling closer to what's most important to you. Sometimes you can be closer to God in your emptiness. This Thanksgiving, may you be blessed by this defiant gratitude One that does not pretend that everything is fine and dandy, but a gratitude that chooses to say thanks as a way of trusting God and telling the pain of this world that it cannot have your hope. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.